0: Welcome to episode five of the Liquor Lab podcast. This is a bonus episode, so this will be two dropping on the same day. On Thursday, November 19th, I joined Professor Stacey Sacco live as a keynote speaker in his new venture strategy class at the University of New Mexico Anderson School of Management. Great episode. We talk about a lot of things, how I grew up, my first job, and and one great question about what I use today that I never thought I'd use and it wasn't something I learned in school. It was just about experiences and getting those getting those jobs to pay the bills when you're younger. It exposes you to so much. So without further ado, LiquorLab.com, LiquorLab Podcast, episode five. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. And keep listening, keep downloading, rate, like, share, make sure everybody in your family is listening. Happy Thanksgiving and can't wait to get back to you guys. Thank you.
1: So wanna welcome everybody today. Uh, this is New Venture Strategies Management 324 as part of the Entrepreneurship uh, Studies Program at Anderson University of New Mexico, Anderson School of Management. Uh, I've got two guest speakers today, Abraham Lau and uh, Ryan. You said liquor or liker?
0: Yeah, liquor, liquor and like the liquor store.
1: Okay, <laughs> makes it easy and, yep. and wonderful. Uh, Ryan's joining us from uh, New York today. Abraham, you're here in Albuquerque, right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, okay.
1: So Ryan uh, sent me a little bit of a bio, but I think I'll read just a couple sentences of this and let you know that he also had uh, created a uh, QR code for us, for you guys, the students, to uh, go through and... um, let's see i've got several students that are showing up on my end but they probably don't show up on yours there's like three that's weird. i can see two or three different screens of students here so i see michael anyways uh ryan's a lifetime entrepreneur and self-starter entered the workforce at age 11 what'd you do lie about your age
0: <laughs> no you could be a, i was delivering papers at that time so Oh my
1: goodness okay
0: yeah, it freaked me out too. But I was like, damn, I was eleven years old when I was delivering papers. Something's not labor law, right <laughs> about that, but I swear to God, I had a paper out at
1: 11. Well, you know, I never did that. A lot of my friends did that. They love that job. It's, you know, on your own. The problem was always getting up early if you had a morning route, but uh, well, back paper- then
0: you didn't need to you didn't need to deliver the paper like first thing in the morning in the residential areas. That's when it kind of went away when it had to be dropped at your house at like five AM. I used to do them in the afternoon.
1: Oh, for the next. Oh, really? Wow.
0: Yeah. For the afternoon or no, Sundays was early morning.
1: Well, sure. You probably also were on the baseball team, too, because you had a good right arm, right?
0: I did. I did. I was on the
1: baseball team. That is true. Uh, 11 years old, as paper delivery person moving to selling sneakers. I love this story at the age of 16 when he was allowed to work at Food Fo- 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 Ax- Fo- Action USA. Wow, I'm sorry, I should have read this earlier. He graduated Stony Brook University with a bachelor's degree and Fordham University's Gabelli School of Business with MBA. And Ryan has worked in many industries, mostly recently in hospitality, building an e-commerce platform from scratch and running digital advertising strategy and execution for eight hotels. Wow, and that's the future. That's where we're heading, right? Absolutely. Uh, I shouldn't even say heading, we're there. It's there. digital marketing. In fact, I've had more people call me lately saying, who do you know that does digital marketing? There's a huge... Well, you should
0: send them my email address every single time they call now. You okay, got
1: it. I will. Yeah, no, I've had more of that. It's interesting. Uh, we need to invite you to my sales class too. <laughs> <laughs> but you're good at suggestive selling right there. There you go. Currently, is consulting for many clients, including but not limited to real estate, apparel, and commercial lending. Uh, Ryan is hyper-focused on building Liquor Lab into movement, creating content weekly with the launch of Liquor Lab podcast. podcast serves as a vehicle to inform, educate, and provide valuable insights from entrepreneurs themselves. Liquor Lab episode three is a one-on-one with entrepreneur Jason Liquor. He provides details of his journey through failure and success. So there's more to the right up here. But, uh, and Abraham, I have, I know you guys are working on some new projects. So I thought, why don't you, uh, I'll have you introduce yourself a little bit, Abraham. We'll go from there. And and Ryan, if you want to add any more to what I said, that'd be awesome. And uh, delighted you wrote that you were in real estate. Gavin was, as I said, one of our top real estate salespeople here in Albuquerque. And of course, we're the Southwest, so there's a lot of growth going on in that area. And Austin is in the room here today and he's a, a management consultant with fi- financial consultant. He's going to join us another time. And I double booked him. I so much apologize uh, to talk about ma- managing your money. It's a huge concern, especially in you. I'm sure Abraham and Ryan could speak to that, too. The whole idea of, you know, part of running your business is we're going to need to borrow money from people and get money to fund your program. So you better have a strong financial resume or profile too. So anyways, okay. So I'll turn it over to you gentlemen. So thankful you're here. Thank you. Welcome to our class. Cool. It's all yours, sir.
0: Abraham, why don't you introduce yourself and then I'll take it from there. Just so people have an idea.
2: Yeah, definitely. So my name is Abraham Lau. I'm a current student at UNM and recently connected with Ryan Um, because I was asking for career consulting and advice on how to start my career, how to start as an entrepreneur. And me and Ryan started off as really good friends. And then one day I asked them, Ryan, let's do a podcast and let's start something. And then we got to work and now we're here.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to jump right in. Uh, Thank you for the introduction, Professor. I appreciate it. Yeah. So My journey as an entrepreneur, um, you had said, you know, deciding to be an entrepreneur. Some people decide that's the path they're going to go. But for you to be an entrepreneur, it has to be ingrained in you that you're ready to commit your life of ideas. And I I could tell you, I could go on for 30, 40 minutes about things I stopped and started, put put notes down, um, just... All these ideas churning and churning in my head, having that drive. You, you, know, I started a paper route, maybe illegally, at this point, at 11 years old. <laughs> so, um, so we touched on that. Uh, and then throughout, I always had this passion. For instance, I got my first job at Foot Action because the manager at Foot Action would see me come in and have this passion for sneakers. Jordan, I was a Bulls fan in New York. Uh, it was probably. Um, It was very difficult. It was almost, it was like being in enemy territory as a young child, every day of your life in school surrounded by all these Nick fans. But I had that passion inside me, always pushing for like, hey, I have an idea. So I was one of these people who always loved performance and video. So when the iMac came out, I bought an iMac. I wanted to edit video. I wanted to videotape. It started with trips. My family trips. I used to I used to film them all, and then with the iMac, iMovie made it super easy to edit this film. And then one of my first entrepreneurial ideas was my parents had gotten the pool redone, and I had filmed it all around the house. And I'm like, it just hit me, 2001, I could create a video for other clients of this pool company to sell. They're remodeling of a pool. This is how we do the steps. This is how we change the liner. And this is where I fell so short of commitment to the process of being an entrepreneur and putting myself out there. I put this whole video together, put this whole thing together. I went to one pool company. They thought about it and they said, no. I said, I'll put it on YouTube. This is before anyone went to YouTube to change, uh, you know, you need to install your TV mount on the wall. You go to YouTube. So I had this idea that I'm going to put this on YouTube. People will go to this page, or you could d- distribute. Back then, we were burning DVDs for people. I had a DVD burner, unheard of. Um, but that was I. I got that one rejection, and then that idea was over. And then, and then another instance. I had an idea when the financial crisis hit. When the financial crisis hit in two thousand six, seven, maybe eight, and Bear Stearns went out. I I was bartending. I had got. I was laid off because uh, all these. Um, I was working at David Yerman at the time. All the major. Uh, retailers canceled their most expensive gold orders for this production. And they laid a whole, I got to the second wave, I was laid off. I became a bartender, cash, working. And um, just, I was trying to think of ideas to get people in the bar on Sunday. So I created this Madden tournament. I said I'm gonna bring in my PlayStation. I created a flyer because I had all the Photoshop and all the publishing tools. I created a flyer, Madden tournament, thirty dollars, whatever it was. First picture when your thirty dollars is free. I went to Stony Brook. I pu- I printed a thousand flyers. I went. I I I went. Um, all around town, giving it to friends, putting it on cars when people were in the parking lot at Models. And I said, Madden tournament. Okay. The day for the tournament came, I have my PlayStation and I don't know what happened. Maybe there was a campaign against my tournament. I'm just, I'm just trying to justify why nobody showed up. Not one person. The only person who showed up and I won't even count is my, my girlfriend at the time. I said, you're just making it worse. You got to go. You got to get out of here. So yeah, it, it's these type of failures. And then, and then I'm, I'm not even kidding you a year later, I'm passing a bar in a mall and there's a big sign sponsored by Budweiser Madden tournament this Sunday, but I'm like, what, my thing, I didn't have this big tarp advertisement, but my idea was the same. I've had all these ideas about, you know, process video, how we talked about the Madden tournament. And what I was lacking at that time was just this commitment to fail again. You know, I failed once and then that was it. You know, it's like... uh, it's like the elimination in the major tournaments or, you know, one and done. I was one and done with these ideas. And um, fast forward, and I have had tons of ideas since, but um, I've always been, there was a running store. I had an idea for a running store one of the most popular places. Someone told me, no, I stopped. So when getting to Liquor Lab and, and just my direction, I had an idea over two, three years ago because these are how you get ideas. You get ideas as an entrepreneur by talking to people. Um, if you don't ask your Uber driver, how's business? I always say, how's business? How, what's going on? Are you taking people here or there? Just to get a sense, because these people, on the, I call them when they're on the ground, they know more about what's happening than any other people, you know, because they're talking to people. They're taking people here and there. They know when they're busy. They're not busy. There's something going on in the city. All the Uber, Ubers and Lyfts are are driving people around. So I got this idea because I hired someone. Um, I, I was teaching him. I hired him strictly on talent, right? I hired him because he was a great talented designer. He did not have any of the fundamental business skills at all. Uh, I remember he was writing an email to someone, and I, I was like, "Hey, show me before you send it to send it out." Because this is one of his first. I was like, "Okay, okay, co- co- come 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 over to my desk, please." Like, no business skills. Didn't know how to put together a, pr- a proposal, or just a, another skill is just acting like you're a decision maker. I used to tell people, you need to act like you're a decision maker, even if you're not. So when you go visit a vendor, if you don't show up like you're not asking for permission, and you could be asking everybody for permission, but if you don't present yourself in a way that people respect you just, uh, I know it's in this day and age, people are so hypersensitive about this, but it's face value. It's it's just putting yourself out there as someone, wow, okay, this guy walks in in a suit he, he might, I don't know, but at first impressions are key. So, I have a story that's in, in my podcast and I call it the tuxedo incident. So, in the office, they're taking people from major business meetings. We're talking $500 million, a billion dollars for this one property in Miami because they want to develop it. And they're telling everybody who's on this path to wear a jacket. So he, he comes in the next day in a tuxedo jacket. I'm not kidding you. It was shiny on the lapels, like lines on the side. I, I thought it was, um, I don't know, a men's warehouse commercial for a wedding advertisement. I was like, are you promoting men's warehouse? Because you can't do it here. It was so funny. So, and, and he came in with the tuxedo thing. So I started taking notes of all the things I had to teach him. Dress code, how you should dress your first day of work. And I started to have this idea of how you win day one of your professional career. Now, in typical Ryan Licker, like I fell right into the same thing. Great idea. At this point, I was doing a lot of web development. So I was buying tons of domains. So I bought the domain, win day one. I made it fancy, like W I N. D-A-Y, the number one, and then W-O-N, like you're winning day one, bought it, put up a website. And and this is how Abraham brought the podcast to me is because I showed him the win day one website. He's like, oh, you do a podcast? I'm like, no, it's really just an icon on the site, really. So all, all these ideas. And again, in my typical fashion, they just stopped. Okay, so getting rewinding a little bit. I used to do all these creative things. My, my ideas are that in business, I will either do it myself, learn it, do it myself, or find the best person to get it done. So we, this guy that I hired was able to do like a, if you go to my LinkedIn page, uh, Ryan dash liquor, um, you'll see this this um, billboard in Times Square. This was all my vision, how it was gonna ch- turn and change and things like that. And one of my coworkers goes, liquor, because everybody calls me liquor. I mean, no, I, if someone calls me Ryan, I'm like, whoa, whoa, who are you? So <laughs> everybody, ca- everybody calls me liquor. So he, I, he goes, where'd you do that? It's pretty impressive. I go, it all happens in the liquor lab, my friend. Because I was in an office, so away from everyone, so I just called that the liquor lab, and that instantaneously, I I went and bought that domain. So I had the win day one out there. I stopped it again. I I was continuing to build this list of things that this this guy that I hired needed to learn. So dressing emails, and and I guess subconsciously, I was building this. Um, brand without really knowing it. So I was constantly building what I need to teach him, what I taught him. And then it died out for a little COVID hit. I started working with my cousin on a book on his book, because I know a lot of design stuff and Abraham and I connect and he needed some guidance. And the thing that really clicked for me was, and this is where I, I started to as an entrepreneur, accept failure and look back and say, okay, I might have not picked up right where I was and say, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. It was just a longer journey for me to get to that spot where, okay, it didn't work, but I got to try something else. So when Abraham and I talked, I go, you're not going to believe this, Abraham, but I've had this concept win day one for over three years right now. And, And talking to you I'm trashing when day one, and I'm going to bring it into the liquor lab, which I was putting up there because of COVID. I'm now a consultant for the company I was working for because I was in the hospitality industry. And, and what I did from there is I took, I erased day, when day one, I brought it into the liquor lab career consulting. And then he says, you have a podcast. I'm like, no, but I always want to do it. And he's like, let's, let's do it. I'm like, I need the, I need this young blood as I always call them I need this young blood like like pushing me in the in a direction right now so we finally I, I finally built the site I built the career consulting page we already had a client and then we finally got to the podcast and I have to say throughout this whole process it's just me uh, committing and accepting failure and saying, okay, this person doesn't like it, but maybe the next person will, or this person rejected me. The next person's going to love me. I didn't have that right away because I was always distracted. It's very easy for entrepreneurs to get distracted because I, I, and Abraham know this a lot. Like I got a million things going on, even when I don't have a million things going on. I got a million things going on and I'm always here. So the fact that he's there keeping me focused and, and, and a good lesson is the, the idea of liquor lab was just for my, was just for my marketing to to market myself as a marketer, web development, uh, advertising specialist for Facebook, Google, if anyone asks, you have my number. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, it all came together and it's just a testimony to you, your first idea is not the idea that is going to, um, like, be the final idea. It's never that way. So for me, my first idea, no one liked it in the beginning. I was just like, <laughs> okay, oh damn, got to think of another thing, because if I had, and this is this is why we have the liquor lab, and we have the career consulting. If I had, if if someone was there to tell me. Uh, Hey, Ryan, uh, you know, keep it going. If someone's not liking it today, then if someone's not liking it today, there's going to be someone else who, who might not want to pay two grand, but they'll pay 1200 for the same thing. So the whole idea of Liquor Lab is using all my experiences and teaching people that, hey, your first idea, it might not work. Someone else will like it. You're either, pi- I, I'm really good at pivoting. So it's either pivoting the idea or it's or it's just going to another person. So Liquor Lab, as it is today with our podcast, I, I mean, I'm blown away by how many people have downloaded it. Uh, it, it again, we've, we've really really expanded there and just um i i want to talk on also the challenges of this the challenge the challenges of uh starting a business and being an entrepreneur is definitely yourself you're your biggest channel uh challenge because you have to commit to it you have to put in the work except no um what's going on. You, you have to make a living. So on Shark Tank, for example, because were, we were talking about you had a Shark Tank type class. They always ask you, are you 100% committed to this right now? They're like, no, I have a side job or this is my thing. You know, I feel that COVID has made me 100% commit to this. And, I, and to be successful, you, you might not have to commit to it 100%, but you have to be almost at 100%. You have to be living and breathing it every single day um and another thing creating your own opportunities i just want to you have to go out there like the podcast is creating opportunities working with my cousin um another thing i am really good at indesign and and uh creative tools i'm not a designer but i could go through and do some organizational things so he was self publishing a book and i helped him so he put my name in the book as liquor lab so you just you need to create your your own opportunities, and I, I feel that it's super super important that you're out there finding those niches. What do people need? How can I problem solve? What are the problems people are facing? And it's not so much about going to people and saying, "Hey, I know your problem." They're going to find you. So the, there's such a mix between getting out there and and hitting the pavement and getting in front of people or in today's day and age as Abraham and I always talk about is just is just having this drive to differentiate yourself and your skills um, so I talked on my journey I talked about my journey um, challenges create your own opportunities um, again being an entrepreneur it's something that, uh, people try out, but I think in order to be good at it, it just has to be part of you. Like you have to always be in that mindset, whether you're not working for yourself, working for yourself, no matter what you're doing in your life, it's gonna be there. It's just whether you let it rise up to the surface or you sit back a little. Cause people sometimes like an entrepreneurial spirit when you're not your own boss, but it's always gonna be there. It's always gonna be there, um, like simmering and then. There's going to come a time, it might never, but there's going to come a time where you just say, here's my opportunity. And all, all those opportunities, one or two might fall in your lap, but the good ones you're going to have to create yourself. I know I've been rambling for a long time. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a New York rambler. You give me yeah. the mic. I hey, feel Ryan, like I'm been- Ryan,
1: Ryan, if I can jump in, you know, a couple sure. things, and I love what you're saying. I think a lot... <laughs> a lot of times in schools nowadays, you're seeing more, not so much UNM, but CNM and some other community colleges, this focus on soft skills. Because a lot of the things you talked about when you come in, you haven't worked and you haven't, i like for me, my dad was an auto mechanic. I never learned a lot about working in a corporate environment, wearing a tie and how to even tie a tie. So all those skills you have that are innate are important. But I think even before that, and I see that with my students. It's that, okay, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And no matter what you pick, I promise it'll change. <laughs> right.
0: Absolute, absolutely. Absolutely. There's tell this you.
1: whole thing of, well, I'm gonna be my own boss and start my own company. Well, it all sounds good on paper, but now you're wearing all those hats. I think maybe it's that when we all work for somebody else, they'd leave and go on vacation. So you think, oh, it's not that hard. Oh no, it's pretty tough. But I think then it goes back to everything you're saying is that you need to have. This strong passion and understanding of who you are, what's important. And then, if you can, Ryan, if you guys are working on tools for people to be able to define what that is, wow, we all need you. You know, we need that uh, sense of or, or tools to figure out what is it that's important to me? What do I want to do? What are some of those choices, pluses and minuses, risks and rewards all the way through? So, I, I, it's just difficult. Cause I even, I know they always say, well, you change careers seven times. Well, boy, if you could pick one up front that really makes more sense for you, I promise you you'll move further in, along in that field. So. I'm just, I have a story.
0: I, I have a, I have actually my own story that I, I was really good in high school at the sciences. I was in honors, honors physics, honors chemistry, AP bio. I got accepted into Stony Brook's. Pre med program to be a doctor. Now, when I got to this class, three hundred people in this class. I uh, and it's a weeding out program, and they weeded me out very, very quickly. Ah. So I went. I was out. I was like, "This is not for me." I mean, I remember on my in New York they had these standardized tests called Regents. So you have to have your Regents diploma. I I was like this. I got a fifty two on my practice chemistry uh practice chemistry regions. And then when I took the real thing, I got a 92. That's how it came so easy for me. But when you get to these universities, they're, they're going to put you on a track where they, if it's not for you and they have an elite program, it's, you're going to know it's not for you. So I started out there and then I was just always creative and, and always trying to find find my way. But you're going to change. You're going to change majors. For you to figure it out all from the beginning, you're ready and you're ready for that. You understand the commitment. And I never did because it came so easy for me. And then you also talked about um, the soft skills. I couldn't agree with you more because this this kid that I hired, I was like, what is going on in the world today with these kids? I mean, they don't even know how... I'm like, do you know do you know how to write me other than WhatsApp? Let's start with that. You know, it was just unbelievable, but just my mindset is like, I could leverage this into something huge. And I think that's what differentiates the entrepreneurs, no matter if you, you know, have 500 startups or you always, it's just ingrained in you. Like, I'm like, damn, I, I think I got something here with these kids. So.
1: Well, and I think there's, It'd be interesting. We talk a lot about, and I've done some classes on soft skills. Okay. It's all these basic things like dressing up, showing up on time. It's mostly like almost courtesy. I think it'd be fun to create something, which it sounds like you're creating is not just soft skills, but what are the hard skills? What's the other skills? Yep. And that's an advanced version of that. I I laugh because I do a lot of uh, people invite me in to do these speed networking things. And I'm like, You know, that's not so hard. You just go in and do your elevator pitch. The real hard is the uh, slow networking, not the speed networking. It's now you're going to actually have a 10-minute conversation with people. It's not just the elevator pitch. It's what happens next. So that's a lot of what I'm hearing you say is that it's an advanced version of what is it that you're trying to define in terms of who you are, what your career is going to be it's it's the hard skills, not the soft skills,
0: and it's going to change too, a hundred percent.
1: Even uh, like I always,
0: uh, I've always told Abraham, and I told to a lot all of our clients, is that you you have to build a road to somewhere, but don't y- you're being short sighted if you build it to your final destination right now. If you think that you're going to build it to your ultimate career right now, hey, it could happen. I mean, it could happen, but you're not going to learn anything. Along the way, if you're not building like, okay, you have to get the first, second and third and then come home. Instead, you're already building the path to home. So when you fail, you're just you're you're left there with nothing. You know, a good example of this is my friend is, is an RN. He worked clinically in a hospital for two or three years. And now he is a, saw, a medical device salesman. He's I'm right near a hospital. So he he's always um it's it's one of the true last professions with an expense account because he has to take out the doctors. So he takes me out almost in the summer he was taking me out, but he hasn't taken me out in a while. And we went out and I was asking him, you know, yeah. And he gave me a story. RN for two, three years, and now he worked for Abbott. He was making almost half a million dollars a year. And he started out in a hospital with an RN degree. And it just goes to show like, just because you're you're an RN or some, what you feel in your mind and what they told you, you're an RN, you're a nurse, you're you're in the hospital, you're uh, in a practice or you're a nurse practitioner, you're in a practice. That's, that's last year or five years ago or 10 years ago. It's not like that anymore. You could use these degrees and leverage them into things that are not you're not working with your blinders on you could expand and grow you could be a consultant on a nursing show <laughs> you could be a consultant I know I know someone that was actually um, she was paid to be a consultant on on a TV series because she was a, an RN and worked in uh, she was the charge nurse at a uh, at uh, what is it Cornell on the east side of Manhattan which is one of the Top hospitals in the world, and she was consulting on TV shows. I mean, you never think about this
1: stuff, you never know, you never know. You so, never know. Uh, you can need to be more of, I think, in the world anymore, an opportunist because it just changes so much. Absolutely. But, again, but I think what I saw when I talked to Abraham is I think you guys are trying to build a thing of what are your core values so that you're sort of starting with this base. And then exactly. And then no matter what changes around you, you still go back to that core. Exactly. I've talked about that quite a bit before, too. We have a lot of students. We can see it. Some of them have a very focused, strong focus on they want to run their own thing and they get it. They take time. They're tenacious. They've got this whole set of skills that uh, makes them more entrepreneurial. And other people are very detail oriented. And so should be an accountant because they get it. Other people can't get into that much detail and like it, you know? So it's, but I think it starts with knowing who you are. Exactly.
0: Are
3: you?
1: Abraham's
0: is. been through this more than anyone. I, I, I give him the New York treatment. Like, like ah. he's, he, he hates it, but it's, it's some, he, tough, love.
2: It's some it's, tough love.
0: It's tough love. My, my wife is like, Leave Abraham, she's known him since he was a kid. She's like, Leave him alone. You're being too hard on him. I'm like, No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This is what he needs.
1: <laughs> well, I laugh because I lived here most of my life. Then I went to Orange County, LA for 20 years. And I'm applying to big jobs. I was a national marketing manager for Hyundai. And boy, I walk in those interviews. I've got guys from Stanford coming in right behind me. Uh, other schools that are much more polished than what I had learned from living with a dad who was an auto mechanic right oh yeah but boy you got to step it up and you learn you know pretty fast here's exactly you got to be on all these things you got to catch up on and uh now it's very and I don't think a lot of students here in New Mexico really understand I've had some students who went to the bigger cities it's incredibly incredibly competitive
0: incredibly I was I was talking to my my cousin Jason and we were talking about Abraham and and he was like just wait if he he's so he's so desperate to move to New York just wait yeah good uh, luck with that right good luck and and he's gonna think I'm like uh uh I'm I'm a peacemaker compared to these guys he's gonna be like I wish Ryan was
1: yelling at me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) no I know man I walked in rooms it was incredibly competitive. I don't I, that's probably the best word to use.
0: Did, is there anyone with any questions cuz I got to jump off in about 8 minutes. What is there anyone with questions? Got, I know it's in-
1: Austin since you're here. Do you have any if you're still back there somewhere if you have any questions or Gavin if he's back would love to have, hear from him or Vince, or Michael maybe some questions about you know how, you, you mentioned it but what are some of the one or two key criteria you use to decide what was what you wanted to do with your your career path, were you motivated by money or purpose, or and then you know for the students, I think hearing that would be helpful. Like I, what, uh, what what are your criteria for success? I guess.
0: Okay, so I am motivated. I'm motivated by opportunity, to be honest with you. Um, I'm motivated. The money is great, and believe me, money is great and you're motivated as an entrepreneur you're motivated by money after the idea so once you have that idea you're like okay so now i need to monetize this so i've always had like i'm not think about thinking about money when i'm creating when i'm going to buy the liquor lab domain i'm not think about i'm not thinking about money i'm thinking about providing a a solution to a problem that i think is is bigger than um is i think is bigger than i i could even measure so my motivation is is definitely the like the idea than the money and um you know for instance i'll talk to a customer who wanted to build a website now i've never worked with this type of customer before i'll definitely give her a discount to get this type of business under into my portfolio. So I'm motivated by opportunity. The idea, everything else will fall into place. And if it's not monetizable, then you just have to pivot. And, and that's that's what motivates me. I'm also real passionate about things I get involved in. So whether I'm running or I'm weightlifting or you know I'm learning coding, I'm really passionate about it. So the money for me comes after, but when it comes after it's, it really motivates me. Like I want to sell that app for $200,000. I want to build that
1: website for, for
0: that, but it's (sighs) always idea. And then the payout.
1: Cause I was going to say, since we got Austin here, I would bet your world you're in financial planning and insurance. So you've got to start with the number in terms of what number you need to do have to retire and then work it backwards to figure out how am I going to get there? So the similarity between all of this is having goals and being driven by goals. Yep. Right.
3: Yeah, Ryan. And I liked how you talked about, you know, the first thing that you go for in your career, um, may not always be the last thing and you're going to be told no a lot. And, you know, half of my job, I feel like is being told no, um, (laughs) no, when I'm trying to find clients and, um, trying to find the next opportunity. Uh, but I think that it is important to know that there are going to be a lot of things that you probably are going to put your whole life into for a couple of years and it may not work out. But the thing is, is that will eventually lead to the next opportunity. And if you guys haven't read this book called range, I highly recommend it. Um, what, what that's about is it's about how people change career paths several times throughout their life on average like 7 or 8 times um and the more diverse of a background you have the higher likelihood you have of succeeding in the next uh endeavor that you bring about because when we humans are creatures of analogies and metaphors um someone that for example Was in the medical field, you know, you studied medicine. Um, That may not have a direct translation to what you're doing now, but there are probably metaphors from that field that enable you to solve problems today. So, what I wanted to ask is what did you do? What were you doing then that is helping you now that you never would have thought would have?
0: Well, just right away, that. When I had my, my retail jobs, I worked at a college at, you know, I worked sneakers at foot action, how I said. And working in retail, I have to say, if you don't work in retail, you are not going to learn how to work with people. So whether that's your coworkers or it's your customers, I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue where people were like, hey, I didn't wear this you know and meanwhile i know she was out at the club last night with that same shirt on i could see all i could see all the damage on it and just this interaction with people and that is something on how to deal with it internal it, like your coworkers being diverse you know right now we surround ourselves in an echo chamber online right in social media i was talking to abraham about this and this is our next podcast where you the odds of you having people around you that don't say the same things as you is not is is really limited now especially because most of us are online and we like what we like so i'm following i don't know psg on what's talk i'm just making p i'm only following things i like so you're you're always surrounding yourself with similar messages but when you work retail you are forced to deal with adversity you're forced to be, deal with the difference of opinion and you're there to problem solve so you let's say you live in a neighborhood where it's all one race it's all one type of people but when you go and you work in a store that's at the other side of the town you're going to see all different people you're going to see diversity you're going to see all these people that you have to interact with and I'll tell you I, I was someone who who grew up where i mean it was 99.9% white but when i worked at foot action I I now had black friends I had Spanish friends. I was friends with girls. I was friends with all these different people that weren't around me in my high school and those lessons and working together and just building that foundation where you're not you're not sheltered all your life that right now has been the most rewarding part of my career and it wasn't paid for with the university it wasn't anything that i sat in a class about it was just me being thrown in and saying okay this is how the it's like painting the fence in the karate kid he doesn't realize what he's doing until he's like paint the fence you know and then he does the blocking or whatever
1: it's, it's really
0: <laughs> silly but it's that basic
1: right You know, I did have a question. Thank you, uh, Austin, for your comment and then Ryan for your feedback. Austin,
0: thank you. And uh, I I hope to listen to yours. You sat through mine. I will definitely (laughs) extend the courtesy. uh, I'll
1: let you know when Austin's coming back. All right, cool. Abraham, since we got you here, what would be one or two takeaways? What were some surprises maybe that Ryan had mentioned to you that you've now built in the way you think? What were things that you learned from him? Some takeaways. I'd, I'd love to hear that. Because you're yeah. one of us here,
2: right? Yeah, definitely. So, when writing out my emails and creating my cover letter, I think me and Ryan have sent a hundred emails just like screaming at each other because we have a different thought pattern of what works. <sighs> oh my God. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely good. But having that type of different mindset when writing your emails is something I never realized. And Ryan brought a lot of things to my attention that. Like I some will,
0: psychological stuff that psychological
2: you even, deep stuff you wouldn't even think about. And I was like, I think you're onto something, Ryan. And yeah, and then now I'm just the professional email sender now.
0: <laughs> the Liquor Lab School of Email
2: Sending. Sign up no, today, but, Right. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. So I learned a lot of these interesting things that I've never thought about before, and it was very beneficial.
1: You know, I could give you an example. When I moved from here to Orange County or Southern California, it was obvious in the big companies I worked at, I'm used to here and I'm not gonna say we're all, it's not that we're lazy. It's just, I think you get a tough, it's all everybody. You get a tough situation at work and you go, oh, I don't wanna do that. What I learned in the big city was you volunteer for all the stuff nobody else wants. That's when you're gonna learn. And second, your bosses above you will go, wow, that guy, and especially walking I'd see my boss sitting there in his office complaining about something. I'd go in and say, what's the problem? He'd say, well, I got this thing, I hate doing this. i go, let me do it for you. And he'd go, who are you? But I learned early from other family, friends, and, and senior people I knew, mentors, who said, take on the tough stuff. Well, that's more of a big city thinking or big corporation thinking. Because once you learn those set of skills to handle tough stuff everything is easier but it's about volunteering you're going to walk into the fire not run away from it and I think listening to you Ryan I thought oh that would probably be advice you'd give I can just oh speak.
0: absolutely I've taken on things I've taken on things where you have to hurt people's feelings because I was and I got to jump off after this comment but no. I'm going to leave you guys with this They they someone resigned from the company and a company I was working at and there were people processing commissions. We were getting emails. This was 2018. We were getting emails for people who haven't been paid in 2015, still asking for this $30 commission because it was stale. And we're in a meeting and um, you just, it's in these moments where if your company has given you, if they have confidence in you, I had to tell someone, a senior finance guy that this person was supposed to be reporting to. He goes, well, we use this, uh, we use this template. I look at the guy, I go, listen, I'm sorry to say this to you, but it's very obvious this template does not work. And what we were doing does not work. We have to start from scratch. So it was that moment. And and believe me, it was intense. The guy walked out of the meeting. But now that system that I put in
1: because I built it from scratch, it works. So well, there's you t- more and more books about critical conversations right oh. now, but you know, you got to hurt people's feelings. That's probably, just the way it goes. See stuff, and You got to talk about it. And uh, there's a, there's a way to do it, but it starts yep. with you being willing to share that information. With I,
0: I just want to say thank you so much for, oh, for this opportunity for and here. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to use the recording on my social channels, follow liquor lab on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube will be published. It's really, I would really encourage everyone to listen to my one-on-one with my cousin. Interviewing an entrepreneur, it's really great. It's a great interview. And I, again, thank you everyone. And uh, I will definitely be uh, attending Austin's. Uh, okay. <laughs> Austin's, <laughs> we'll keep uh, this going.
1: Thanks yeah, definitely. Applause, applause, appreciate it. I know. All right, thank great. you guys. I appreciate it. Getting thank yous on chat. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks guys. Say hi to to the New York city, man. I will. I will. I will. Thanks. Oh my goodness. And Abraham, thank
0: you, my friend.
2: Thanks Ryan. All right. Thank you professor for having us.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.